we're testing out some like new little games on you guys. So thank you for being guinea pigs. I really appreciate it. But first, I just want to talk a little bit about the store, where we're at. Also, thank you very much, Brandy, for letting us have this event. Yeah. Really Brandy. lovely. Yeah, I... round of applause for Brandy. One. I reached out to them and I was like, I just discovered your podcast. Please be my friend. <laughs> it was super, super cool of you. And yeah, we've been hanging out. Yeah, we love fun. the store. Tell us what page one is because it's not just a bookstore. No, actually, it started a couple of years ago as a subscription business. Um, we wanted to bring the indie experience um, into a box. And so the guy who you saw here earlier was my favorite independent bookstore in Seattle, outside of Seattle, you could go in and there was this one bookseller and I could say, I like this. And she, every book she would put in my hand would be perfect. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted that sort of experience in a box. And so we, um, I was still working in advertising and it was just kind of a fun side hustle thing that we did. Um, but you fill out a form, you tell us what you like, what you don't like. Claire's been a subscriber for a very long time. Um, <laughs> And we look at it and we pick a book for you and we wrap it. Actually, there's a box um, right behind you. I meant to, I'm gonna grab it. Let me put this wine down, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we wouldn't want you to have to put your wine no, down. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks as well. Yeah. 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 This is me, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice job. Um, so you'll get a box in the mail um, every month. It comes with a book that's wrapped, so it's a surprise. Um, bookmark different quotes every time and then there's always something that's a little special so this month it is a tea towel um, that says reading whenever dishes or reading forever dishes whenever so it's usually some sort of literary treat we've done candles and I don't remember what else chapstick. chapsticks at Shakespeare's yes. chapstick um, so it's it grew um, faster than I think any of us expected or thought that it would um, and we started looking for fulfillment space because we had taken over a guest room and then the dining room <laughs> and then um, we were headed into the hallway in the living room. Um, and this was a kind of a landmark Evanston gift shop and uh, it has a full basement. So basically are doing all of our fulfillment down there and this is a lot of the inventory. So we'll look, we'll get someone's profile. We've been filling um, subscriptions all day. We'll get your profile and walk around and pick a book for you and thank God I have all these kids who help me. So those are my kids back there. Thanks guys. Um, so yeah, that's what it is. And I filled out a profile. You did. I've got it right here. Okay. So the questions are, tell us about the books and authors you love. So I went ahead and said, I love everything by the Bronte sisters, Sarah Waters, Dorothy Whipple, Elizabeth Gaskell, Mary Robinette Cole, Gothic Tales, Post-War Britain, Nonfiction, Books About Books, Books About Historical Female Figures, and Books About Travel, uh, Books and Authors You Don't Enjoy, Thrillers by Dudes, um, Anything Involving a Middle-Aged English Professor Who Is Having a Midlife Crisis, <laughs> Generally Not a Fan of Books That Take Place in Space, There Are Exceptions, However. What are the exceptions? Mary Robinette Qual. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, and then let's see, uh, anything else you'd like us to know? I love ghosts. Metaphorical, literal, all of them, all the ghosts. Okay. So you have some suggestions for so me. So I went through and I pulled three books off the shelf for you. 
Um, the first one is called The Lovely War. I've been eyeing it. So Have you? Okay, <laughs> all right, excellent. What I think is fascinating about this book is that it's uh, set in the, between World War One and World War Two, which you like, but it's also told from the point of view of Aphrodite on Mount Olympus. So I haven't read it yet, and I would love to know how they make that work, but I'm hearing really great things. So that was one. That's perfect, actually. Well then, <laughs> um, this is one that I'm dying to read because I love historical fiction that's also mysteries. Okay. This is called uh, The Darwin Affair. Mm -hmm. So it's a fast-paced historical thriller. Um, and passengers, it's like a runaway handsome cab that pauses just long enough to take on passengers ranging from Darwin to Dickens before hurtling onward. It's a grand ride, a serious education, and a delightful fiction. All right. That sounds very good. Written uh, by a man. I haven't read a man in like five years, but I'm curious. They're okay. I'm curious. I mean, we have a book in the back um, that just came out, uh, What Are Men For? What mm -hmm. Are Men Good For? So I don't know if you've read that, that or not. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and then this is our uh, page one. We do an open book club every mm -hmm. month for fiction and nonfiction, and this is our, our fiction for this month, The Confessions of Franny Langdon, um, because I become really interested and I was thinking about what you, we were talking about after the pub quiz about mm -hmm. slavery um, and the UK not quite getting the beating for slavery. So that didn't come out right at sure. all. Sure, no, it's all good. No. Um, but anyway, Listen so, to the latest episode of Bonnets of Dawn. Yes. It's about abolitionist um, literature, guys. And, so this is yeah. told from the point of view of a black maid who kills her um, employers and is uh, all told through the trial. But it does go back to her um, history and birth in Jamaica. So I thought that might be up your alley too. That's great. So those are great. I'm actually going to recommend that for the show. So that's perfect. Excellent. So now another thing you guys have done is like paired a book with wine before. So our next read along, don't have a date for it yet, but we are going to be covering Agnes Gray next year because it is Anne Spice and Henry. So that's the only Anne we haven't read yet. And in case you guys don't know, I'm going to just read you a little synopsis of Agnes Gray. And I sent this along. To Brandy to just see if she could help us find a wine for it as well. So, Agnes Gray is the touching story of a young girl who decides to enter the world as a governess, but whose bright illusions of acceptance, freedom, and friendship are gradually destroyed. So yeah, do you have a wine? So, just like <laughs> <laughs> I knew that I wanted something Italian because uh -huh. Italian wines can be sort of raw at the end and. Um, we actually have a wine that we will give away at the end. The big bottle down there is a Montepulciano. And it starts off. And it starts off fruity and very like, and it ends with a little bit of a black olive paste. Oh, so wow. that was what we thought would be appropriate. That is a very appropriate <laughs> wine. Thank you. So yes, we will be giving away that giant bottle of wine <laughs> to the end. And there are other other prizes other as well. Prizes. Do we want to tell them about it? Or? Um, sure. Yeah, we put together an Austin um, box. It has a penguin drop cap, a copy of Pride and Prejudice. Um, it has a prayer candle with one of the bad lads of Austin that we have decided is Wickham. Um, it has... It's John Thorpe. Oh, it's John Thorpe. <laughs> well, Does this say John Thorpe? No, there's oh. a, a small castle in the background. We can just pretend it's a uh, nice castle. The finest yeah, there were no place. horses or... Yeah. Okay. Everyone's favorite John Thorpe. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? A 
tea, a Jane Austen tea from Simpson and Vale, which is actually one of the oldest tea makers in the United States, which I just learned. Very nice. uh, an Austen mug from Obvious State. I would rather have nothing but tea. Ooh. And then um, I think an Austen soap. What are those? Prizes. So door prizes. Yay. Books. A presentation book. And a box. Yeah. And some and tissue box. paper. Good. <laughs> so we like to throw in all the special <laughs> So now we're gonna test our first game on you. Oh, okay. Are you excited for yeah, this? Yeah, okay. we have all about it. That's good. All right. So we are um, we're really into fan casting on our show, and so we got a little fishbowl right here with prompts. Okay, reach in there, pull one out. Okay. And <laughs> you guys can help too, so you can. Oh, yeah. I got two. Throw one back. Throw one back quickly. Okay. John Thornton, a.k.a. Richard Armitage, is the official boyfriend of the show. But who should we cast in a reboot of North and South? You guys know that's coming. Anyone have a replacement for Richard Armitage? What? Can you have a replacement? <laughs> I know, right? It's very hard. It's very, very hard. Any handsome I don't know. British men? Anyone got anyone? Oh, yeah, Hannah. Here, <laughs> it's not Hannah. Mm. It's a different British person. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Bell. Ex um, excellent Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell. He's so hot. Are you kidding me? And he can oh, do wow. a So the problem that I'm oh, having wow. is that all the ones that I like are old. Yeah. So and they Throw out someone that's old. I want to hear it. I know, it's terrible. It's all right. Jamie Colin Bell. Colin Firth is who my go-to guy. That's who you would like. going to go to him any time, anywhere. I mean, Colin yeah. Firth could do it. Ray Fiennes. He's too old, but... See, I told you, I like old guys. Ray Fiennes would be another old dude. Oh, Ray Fiennes would have been yeah. good in his day. And he went in, in his, in his day. day. Yeah. Yes, all right. I was Ray good Fiennes, in my day. you really want to go with Jamie Bell? Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Does anyone else want to give a try? to the fan casting fishbowl. Is anyone else brave? I was just gonna say Dev Patel for that, actually. Oh, oh John Patel. Are you drunk? Doesn't even like, I mean, just knowing of personality, not even remotely. Not good. No. That's Hannah saying no. you're wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Caitlin, would you like to draw from the bowl? Now you're sure. Yeah, now you're in it. See, but now, I mean, you're also asking questions about Austin, which is the problem because we've talked about the fact that I hate Jane Austen. I love Charlotte Bronte. Yeah, yeah. So. Did you, Bronte. okay, did anyone Bronte. see the scorecard? There's a scorecard back there Team Austin versus Team Bronte. Be sure to tick which one. I'm going to cheat. And my full <laughs> <Like, just laughs> disclosure. Right this there. is a family feud. It is a family feud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, this actually is up my alley. I don't okay. know how I got this one, but Jane Eyre Vampire Slayer yes. is being adapted oh. for television. Who should star as Jane in Rochester? Um, I mean, like, the obvious answer is I would love David Boreanaz as Rochester because he's huge now and angry all the time. <laughs> but um, I, don't, I don't know who I would want as Jane in that situation, though. Yeah, that's interesting. You know what though, like uh, Ruth Nega as Jane in uh, Jane uh, Austen, you know, like that yeah. would be that would be I very cool. That. I would be into that. It's mostly just because of Preacher. I like watching her punch people in the face. Like that's a that's a thing I enjoy. I think that's perfect. You should give that woman a team. 
uh, Bronte button. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, yes, just. Yes. Yeah, guys, there are um, literary oh, tattoos over there and buttons. Please feel free to grab one, <laughs> take a selfie, post it on Instagram, you know, tag Bronte yes. on. It's all good. But yeah. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you. much, Brandy. Brave enough for the fantastic fishbowl, please. Just like at any point tonight, you can just raise your hand and let us know, and we can do that for you. But now you want to move on to the main event? Yeah. All right. I'm just gonna make some room. Oh, that's just gonna move some stuff. <laughs> it's getting very tense with this bit. I hope you're already. Oh yeah. Hey. Okay. We've been talking about doing this on the show for a really long time because we talk a lot about what are the sad lads and what are the bad lads of Jane Austen and the Brontes. We didn't bring along the Bronte men today because we get very heated here, actually. <laughs> if anyone participated in our tenant of Wildfell Hall read along, it, was, <laughs> it got a little rough. So we're just going to focus on some of Jane Austen's dudes today. Hannah, anything you'd like to say about these guys or you want to just jump right in? We're going to jump right in. But I just want to say that ranking <laughs> literary men is a joke that works on two levels uh, because we will be ranking them, but also their rank. And I just wanted everyone to, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure the joke landed right? <laughs> by sure explaining everyone. it. Right, yeah. Which I know helps uh, in comedy. Every so, time. Yeah. Every time explain the joke. That's okay. the rule of comedy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what they say. Yeah. That's okay, what they say. Who's starting? Um, does anyone feel particularly strongly about any of these guys? So we've got Edmund Bertram, Edward Ferris, Frank Churchill, Henry Tilney, George Willoughby, George, John Willoughby, George Wickham, Henry Crawford, and John Thorpe. I think we should start with John Thorpe since we have him. You want to talk? All right. Yeah. That's your man, right? That is my man, actually. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, little intro to. Lauren, you want to hold John Thorpe up? Sure. Good. I'm sticking. So John Thorpe. <laughs> is from the novel Northanger Abbey. Uh, I'd say his accepted status is <laughs> villain. His crimes are he lies, like, a lot. Uh, he's <laughs> definitely the guy who makes you take off your shoes before you get in. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Shania Twain joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, couple of quotes here. So he's got, he's got a bit of an ego problem and he talks too much. And so we picked these quotes because I think they're a really good introduction to the character John Thorpe. Yeah, yeah. He told her of horses which he had bought for a trifle and sold for incredible sums, of racing matches in which his judgment had infallibly foretold the winner, of shooting parties in which he had killed more birds, though without having one good shot, than all of his companions together, and described to her some of some famous day's sport with the foxhounds in which his foresight and skill in directing the dogs had repaired the mistakes of the most experienced huntsmen, and in which the boldness of his riding, though it never endangered his own life for one moment, had been constantly leading others into difficulties, which he calmly concluded had broken the necks of many. So he's not so much of a mansplainer as a man bulldozer. He just yeah. talks consistently at you about whatever he is interested in without stopping. And the first, oh, and then there's another scene where Catherine's trying to go on a date with this other guy and John Thorpe is like, get in my gig, take your shoes off, get in my gig and just rides off with her, like he literally kidnaps her, and she says, stop, stop, Mr. Thorpe, she impatiently cried. It is Miss Tilney, it is indeed. How could you tell me they were gone? Stop, stop, I will get out this moment and go to them. 
But to what purpose did she speak? Thorpe only lashed his horse into a brisker trot. So he won't listen to you. He doesn't take no for an answer. He talks too much. But I think he's really funny. So... <laughs> <laughs> Where do you guys think he should go on the scale of bad lads? So is he a bad lad or a sad lad or kind of... Is he uh, medium? What is he... What do, what do you guys think? We can move them. Yeah, we can. Them. We can work this all out. What do you think, Brandy? I think he's really sad. I think he's too stupid to be bad. Too, too stupid, stupid to be bad. bad. Okay. Okay. So right at the bottom or... Maybe up a little. Just up okay. a little. Just up Maybe a little. like yeah, right yeah. here. Up okay. There. This is... Yeah, with that. Thank you. Thank Great. you. Okay. All right, anyone else? Anyone feeling anyone else? Shout out a name. I think he'd be a little bit on the bad lad. He yeah. just drives me nuts. John Thorpe. John Thorpe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you want him higher. You want him higher. Yeah. Do you know who he reminds me of? Who? Stan Lee. Stan Lee also kidnapped his wife. She was supposed to be going on a date with someone else, and he showed oh. up. And, like, so, so just, I would... Yeah. You want him like a, a medium? Oh. And, and yeah. in the in the, in the novel, yeah. he he uses one of the only times that uh, one of the only times Austin has like a, like a racialized comment. I mm-hmm. believe he uses uses the comment "rich as a Jew" at one point. Oh, oh he does yeah. he? So yeah. he's very of, good call. Yeah. Ooh, he's creeping up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so worry. Like, I know what some of these other guys do. It's kind of Put him as high as you want. Put him as high as you want. He's he's up there. Okay. Anyone else? Who else? Who can we compare to John Thorpe today? Okay, anyone? Want to go for Willoughby? Yeah, Willoughby. I yeah, got Willoughby, John. don't I? Yes, you do. All right. All right, Willoughby is from Sense and Sensibility. He is coded as a villain in the novel. Crimes? Hannah has written this one. <laughs> it just says, also, A. Pedo. Oh yeah, so imagine we've talked about George Wickham, and then we talk about Willoughby, and then the crimes are also a pedophile. Yeah, also a pedophile. Um, so let's see, let's jump to the quote, the evidence on that one. Yeah. So he had left the girl whose youth and innocence he had seduced in a situation of utmost distress, with no creditable home, no help, no friends, ignorant of his address. He had left her promising to he would ret- he had left her promising he would return. He neither returned, nor wrote, nor relieved her. So Colonel Brandon says this in Sense and Sensibility, and then Eleanor responds, and she says, this is beyond everything, which is my favorite Eleanor quote, by the way. And I think that's also pretty damning evidence. Yeah, so he kidnaps a child and gets her pregnant. So not good, not good. Is it any any defense for this guy? Anyone defending Willoughby? No? No, it's beyond everything. (laughs) (laughs) Are we going to put Willoughby, uh, bad, sad, below John Thorpe, above John Thorpe? Can we put him on the ceiling? But then I think John Thorpe has to go down a little bit if that's the standard. Exactly! (laughs) I mean, he still, like, fully kidnapped someone. Like, I mean, he didn't fully kidnap someone. He just didn't listen he to He just her, didn't so. let her out of the car, right? You know? Where, where, what's the nuance there? Yeah, the difference between not letting someone no out of the No sack on the head. No chloroform was involved. Just like 75%. Just a leader. Low key. Low key. 1700s kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So Willoughby will put up here for now. He's up there. 
But um, oh, we'll have to have one. We'll, we'll bring John down just a touch because we've just got some touch. of the boys coming up. All right. Who else hey. we got? Who's next? Anyone? Pick Anyone? a name, guys. Pick a name. George Wickham. George Wickham. Great. You got him? Yeah, that's why I am. George Wickham, Pride and Prejudice. Villain, his crimes, uh, pedo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have one one quote for Wickham, and that quote is, "She was but 15. So that summarizes his his crimes. So for those of you who aren't familiar, George Wickham, Friend Prejudice, tries to get it on with Elizabeth Bennet, kind of doesn't get it on with Elizabeth Bennet goes after another girl because she's got more money and then ultimately runs away to London with Elizabeth's sister who is also very young but not quite as young as 15 and then it turns out he's done it before but with a 15 year old so he's just got a habit of you know shagging teenagers or trying to <laughs> yeah. and can I say in the like Austin community we have been a little bit we've been described as sort of like edgy or unforgiving because we do call him a pedo there yeah. are a lot of people who want him to be redeemed. So is there any redeeming George Wickham? No. 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 So do we think he is better or worse than Willoughby? Worse. 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 He's than beyond Willoughby. everything. Yeah. You yeah. just have to take him off yeah. the board. <laughs> Who's worse? Wickham? Wickham. He's got a stay on. Huh. There we go. He's the gold standard. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. There he is, right up there. Fun fact, right? Okay, so when I was a teenager, I really wanted, um, what's her name? Uh, Elizabeth Bennett, uh, Kira Knightley, to date Orlando Bloom because I really liked Pirates of the Caribbean. She said that she couldn't because he was too much like a brother. That was a line from an interview. And then she starts dating this guy who I thought was Orlando Bloom for a really long time until I, you know, read the credits and realized it was a different human being. So that's just a little. Just a little fun fact. Just a little fun fact. <laughs> Who's next? Guys, anyone? Let's just do Henry. Knock that side out. Just knock the side out. <laughs> Henry Crawford. Okay. So much Henry Crawford talk right now. So, Henry Crawford, Mansfield Park, status, villain. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> 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 George. Not, not okay. So his crimes are he flirts with your one cousin, has an affair with your other cousin, and his sister is, has a crush on your boyfriend. So that's unforgivable. The last one is the worst one, right? His, his sister fancies the yeah. guy you like. So um, the quotes that we've got for him are so this is in conversation with his sister. I do not like to eat the bread of idleness. No, my plan is to make Fanny Price in love with me. She says, Fanny Price, nonsense. No, no, you ought to be satisfied with her two cousins. But I cannot be satisfied without Fanny Price, without making a small hole in Fanny Price's heart. And then after he's had an affair with Fanny's cousin, he goes off, so he leaves them all, and he, he went off with her at last because he could not help it, regretting Fanny even at the moment, but regretting her infinitely more when all the bustle of the intrigue was over. So even though he kind of fancies Fanny, he's yeah. still shagging her cousin, and then afterwards it's like, oh, I wish I was with Fanny. Yeah. 
That's weird. <laughs> Don't do that, guys. Yeah. What do we think on the scale? Does anyone have a defense of Henry? We've been talking a lot about him. You have a defense of Henry? Not a defense, but I did wonder the whole time if he really hit it off. If he was on the path. I think he's on the path when he comes to Portsmouth. I feel like there's like a redemption in there for Henry. And I then feel like he really messes it up by shagging up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he, I mean, he regrets it. The line, the word regret appears twice in the last line about him. He regrets it while he's shagging her cousin, regrets yeah, it after he's shagged her cousin. Yeah. <laughs> just after. After. It's just, Fair enough. Yeah. Anyone? What do we think? Is he I quite on the like, level I with quite John like Thorpe? Him. Is he. I feel like he's more of a dumb dumb than he is, like genuinely malicious. More dumb than malicious, okay. I mean, he That's actively good. pursues a woman who he knows is, he uh, is engaged and married. No, he's not. No. no. <laughs> is that dumb or is that calculating? There was a little bit of both. I mean, he was a little calculating and a little passionate because they both have the vanity arrogance problem. Yeah. Um, which is, that's what gets him into trouble. So that's I true. would put him further down the chart, I'd put him closer to Sad because yeah. oh. he comes close to the redemptive arc but doesn't achieve it, whereas John Thorpe doesn't come close to being redeemed at any point. He's just funny to read. Look at you. So, Alright. Yeah. Doing him right here. Hello, John Thorpe. That is not how I thought that would go, actually. But it's not like, the scale isn't good to bad, guys. The, the scale is bad to sad. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It's a very yeah, no simple premise. No so one's it's very easy good. to follow. Yeah, no one's good here. Who okay. else? Who else do we want to tackle? Frank Churchill. Frank, Frank Churchill. Churchill. Okay. Yeah, let's see. Uh, I love Frank Churchill. Um, this wig, though, that Ewan McGregor has <laughs> Emma is a real bone killer. <laughs> At least it was for me, for teenage Lauren. <laughs> Not feeling it. All right, so he's an Emma. In the book, he's coded as a villain-ish. He's coded Hero, as a bad scale. a villain. He has an arc, doesn't he? He starts off as the romantic interest, mm -hmm. and then and then he goes down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So crimes. He flirts with you even though he has a secret, long-term girlfriend. His quote. There is one thing, Emma, which a man can always do if he chooses. That is his duty. Not by maneuvering and finessing, but by vigor and resolution. And this is uh, Knightley Yeah, that's about... Mr. Knightley's shit talking him. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and he also says, hum, just the trifling silly fellow I took him for. Yeah, trifling silly, silly fellow. Silly, I, I mean, he kind of flirts with Emma, he has a good time with her. Nothing serious. I think you yelled at me on the podcast because you were like, flirting is serious. Flirting, people do take it seriously. I His know. parents, like the the West the Westerns, yeah, they really think that they're gonna be engaged. Everyone thinks they're going to be engaged. Mr. Knightley sees through it, which is you know, one of the reasons he's so angry, not just with Churchill, but with Emma. Yeah. Because I think Mr. Knightley recognizes that Emma's maybe not quite as serious or isn't thinking about it in the same lines but mm -hmm. certainly like the very small community they live in are all going to be under the assumption you know and a lot of the time a lot of the time he encourages emma to be rude or make fun of other people mm -hmm. like at their expense she doesn't need much encouragement though not a lot no no not a lot and he's a bad son i mean he hasn't been there for a while <laughs> he was raised by someone else he wasn't raised by his father I know. 
true. Is it they his fault like, he doesn't meet the expectations of his of his dad? I suppose if he really wanted to be there for him, he would. This is turning into a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Churchill's father sent him away when his mum died. But he only comes when Jane is there. Yeah. So it yeah. it's oh, yeah, so he could have gone at any point to visit his father, but he went. Oh wait, he wants to get his leg over. Yeah, yeah, he does. Okay, so where's he going? Worse than John thought, better than. Oh, is he sad? Is he bad? It's like he should go like between Willoughby and Thorpe. Between Willoughby and Thorpe. I would put him underneath Henry Cotter. I would too. Under. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he never follows through, does he? Right. He's no. all, it's like, I'm going to flirt, but he... Jane, yeah. even though he go, he's just selfish and not thinking about other people. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty standard dude jerks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we've got two left. So we've got Edmund Bertram and Edward Ferris. What? Tell me down there, too. I didn't see you down there. <laughs> <laughs> You're mad. I love him. <laughs> then do him next. Shall yeah. we do? I'd love to do him next. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing Love would give me more pleasure. Hi, Sam. <laughs> Great. So this is a photograph of J.J. Field uh, starring as Henry Tilney, Foxy Field. So um, Northanger Abbey, coded hero, obviously. Uh, his crimes, mansplainer, at the worst. I'm yeah. going to defend him. Okay. I know you are. I will, we will say we've gotten a lot of this over the course of the past two years on the show. So people either love Henry Tilney or they come at us like he is a mansplainer in the 21st century. Like, how can you read him as anything else? Let's see, let's see. I've never thought <laughs> of that. I don't know. So the quotes that we've got for him are, um, it's in conversation with Catherine Morland at the ball and he says, shall I tell you what you ought to say? So the way you can read it if he's a mansplainer is, shall I tell you what you ought to say? She goes, if you please. Um, I danced with a very agreeable young man introduced by Mr. King, had a great deal of conversation with him, seems the most extraordinary genius. I hope I may know more of him. That, madam, is what I wish you to say. Now, in my opinion, he's just chatting her up. He is, this is flirting. I know it might not seem very flirty, but he's saying to her like, I've met a girl. I really hope that she wants to get to know me further, uh, get to know me more, and I hope she thinks I'm smart. He's not literally saying to her to write in her imaginary journal, which she has already told him doesn't exist. <laughs> this is what you should write. That would be nonsense. Yeah. John Thorpe might say that, not this guy. <laughs> um, and then the second quote we've got is: the Tilneys were soon engaged in another conversation on which she had nothing to say. They were viewing the country with the eyes of persons accustomed to drawing and decided on its capability of being formed into pictures with all the eagerness of real taste. Here Catherine was quite lost. She knew nothing of drawing and nothing of taste. She was heartily ashamed of her ignorance, a misplaced shame. Where people wish to attach, they should always be ignorant. To come with a well-informed mind is to come with an inability of administering to the vanity of others which a sensible person would always wish to avoid. A woman, especially if she has the misfortune of knowing anything, should conceal it as well as she can. So although it's not directly a quote about him, Austin is saying the best way to get into the, this guy's pants is to uh, pretend you don't know a single thing. So, yeah. 
That's hard. So remove like Foxy Field from your mind. Like Helena Kelly would say, yeah. try to remove period drama yeah. casting from your mind and just think about the character. What do you guys think? Where do you still sit like on Henry Tilney? You say yes. I mean, like, no. I think he's just teasing her, and he's also talking to a seventeen-year-old girl who has a large imagination and not a lot of sense. So, and he's the only one who talks yeah. to the girl he's trying to marry. They have so many That's conversations true. as opposed to any of the other men in these books. Like they actually talk to each other. So mm-hmm. I'm not even sure. I like. I think yeah. he, he's not even really sad. But yeah, as far as bad to sad, it's probably like to me the bottom of the list. The bottom, the least. The Should I put in here? Yeah. yeah. He has a weird dad. He's got a weird, he has a very weird dad. Yeah. He has an older brother who's not a lot of fun. Which is funny because we do have a very bad dad category, so we could have put his dad in that. Yeah. (laughs) We should have. Or his brother, who's a little too obvious. His brother was due for an appearance, Frederick Tilney. Shags Isabella. Yeah, he's up there. He's up there with these guys. All right, Edmund is from Mansfield Park. He is the hero. He's the romantic lead. Um, his crimes. Friend zones you when there are literally no other options. That's when he realizes you'd make a great mom for him and his kids. Uh, I don't like him. <laughs> not a fan. Quotes. Okay, let's see what you've picked here. Long quotes. All right. It is not at all what I like, he continued. No man can can like being driven into the appearance of such inconsistency. Appearance of inconsistency. Doesn't mind being inconsistent, just doesn't want to look like he is. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) After being known to oppose the scheme from the beginning, there is an absurdity in the face of my joining them now. So he's talking about, should I join this play that everyone's doing that I'm morally against, but also... But I will join so I can chat up Mary Crawford, which is why he does it, right? Because she might get chatted up by someone else, and he's like, no, 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 no. If anyone's going to do that, this guy. Me. It's going to be me. Um, Let's see. Joining them now when they are exceeding in their first plan of every respect. But I can can think of no other alternative. Can you, Fanny? And I do like this bit where she goes, no, said Fanny, slowly. (laughs) (laughs) No. Guys, what do you think about Edmund? I think Edmund. he's creepy. Okay, creepy. creepy. He, yeah, he creepy on the board. shaped her from her childhood. Yes, tell and us then more he about marries that. her. It's like she's so much like a sister, looks up to him. Is it she is actually more Edmund than Edmund is? She internalizes mm-hmm. everything he says that he doesn't follow. And then on. sticks by it. Yeah. yeah. Like, he abandons his principles and goes, oh, Mary Crawford's over here. Yeah. Forget what I said. She sticks by them. She is, like, everything that he drilled into her. Yes. Okay, so where's he going? Sad? Creeping up? Bad? Is he on a level with Frank Churchill? Or or worse? I think... Anyone else can jump in? Yeah. Worse? I think he's more... Higher? Higher? Worse than Henry Crawford? Worse than John Thorpe. No. No? no. Not worse than John Thorpe. Not worse this than John Thorpe. Uh, John Thorpe. Is he worse than Henry Crawford? Is he sadder than Henry Crawford? Yes. Yeah. You think I, sadder? Would, I would put him on the same level as Frank Churchill. 
So I would describe him as being wet, but uh, Ryan earlier was like, mm, I don't know what that means. Um, I don't think it means what you think it means, Hannah. And I was like, uh, well, it means like a wet blanket, like a bit sad. Well, sad, yeah. Yeah. sad. Uh, you know, pathetic. I think he is uh, deeply pathetic, very wet. Dripping. Dripping. Don't have that on the board, too, wait. No. <laughs> That's the X-rated version, apparently. Yeah. Um, right. No one laughed. Good, thanks. I'll just make those weird comments. Into <laughs> the way. Thank you. Okay. All right. On the level of Frank. Yeah, I agree. Frank. Yeah, that's Frank. Okay. Our last, our last boy. All right. Anyone, any initial thoughts on Edward Ferris? Anyone's favorite? No. No. Why would you be? <laughs> well, that's a good example of adaptation versus book. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm much more inclined to like him in both adaptations mm -hmm. than I am in a book. Ooh. Well, let's introduce him. Oh, all right. Sense of sensibility. He, his status is the hero of that book, you guys. His crimes. Totally flirts with you while having a secret girlfriend, who he then calls crazy after they break up. Yeah. Quotes. Did you just? She is. She is. She's yes. She is. But how? Yes. Like it's shitty when people do that, right? Oh, my ex was a crazy bitch. He said. <laughs> <laughs> That's a quote. Directly. Yes. yes. I've read it. It's the first one on here. Yeah. The next one is. I felt that I admired you, but I told myself it was only friendship. Until I began to make comparisons between yourself and Lucy, I did not know how far I was got. So he's like, yeah, thought we were mates. Then I sat down and thought about how much better you are than my secret crazy girlfriend. And I thought, you know what? She's not bad. Yeah. And, That's um, not good. That's not a nice thing to say to a person. No, no. And also, we've been debating this line that Marianne says in the book, you guys can weigh on, in on this, but Marianne says about Edward, I think him everything that is worthy and amiable. And I think that Marianne's being sarcastic here. I think she's like, yeah, he's worthy, he's amiable, he's fine. Um, because Marianne is expressive, right? If, she, if he was hot, if he was interesting, if he was funny, she'd say it, but she's like, I know there's he's a couple right, of fine. comics people in it. When people describe a graphic novel as being worthy, do they mean it's worthy or are they being like pretentious or it's talking about something weighty to get an award? I've never heard that word I'm like, it's Frank Miller. Frank Miller graphic novels are worthy. Worthy. Yeah. yeah. They're worthy. Yeah. 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 I, I can think of a couple, but I'm not going to say them because I don't edit it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want people to know which books I think shouldn't be bought. But. but yeah, where do you guys think that he sits? You had a really good thought on Edward when we were talking about this. He wears all of his clothes. Well, we did talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Was it that one? <laughs> well, we were talking about the adaptation. He wears so many clothes like, in the adaptation. Right. Everyone else in this film is like just standing. And then he stands, but he stands as if there's like 17 layers of fabric. And then it's all like up and around his neck. And he just, he walks like he's got every jacket on yeah. in every scene. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, he doesn't get changed. He just takes things off slowly. <laughs> and then you have that Dan Stevens who does the white, uh, the wet shirt. 
Yes. Yeah. Because they were like, oh, he's not sexy enough. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not sexy at all. I well, the other thing that you said. Sorry. Yeah. What was? Yeah. It was basically that he's unchanging. That he's like an island, and that basically women just come to him and yes. they will go away. Yeah. So like Lucy attaches herself to him. You know, like we're meant. The implication is that Lucy, like pursues him, flirts with him, gets gets herself engaged to him. He's too much of a boy to, you know, say no or do much about it. Eleanor's like, oh, I quite like this guy. So she flirts with him, kind of not pursues it, like low-key pursues him. Mm-hmm. You know, she likes him. Yeah, yeah. And then Lucy finds someone else, and then Lucy goes off. And then when uh, Eleanor finds out that he's not engaged to Lucy anymore, she has a big weird noise moment <laughs> Emma Thompson that it was a weird noise great wasn't it? noise though great iconic what? like, it, like she just, Julia like, woman for people Robert's who don't women. know she just goes she's <laughs> <laughs> very excited about that guy anyway sorry I just I know that you haven't seen it right so that was that's what she does okay so uh, is he a bad lad like George Wickham no. no. Okay. I think he's very sad. Yeah. Very, very sad. Very sad. Very sad. Yeah. Do you think he's sadder than Frank Churchill? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Great. He's the saddest lad. Yeah. <laughs> you fix it. You stop <laughs> it. <Okay. laughs> these, these two are actually right. Let's um, rearrange this for the tape. Let everyone know who is the baddest and who's the saddest. Okay. Okay. Just making some room. Right. That's staggered. Okay. I say, guys, it was my fault. I left Colonel Brandon off this sheet. And, and I think he might be the saddest. And because of Frederick that. Sony. Yeah, he's pretty bad, though. He's pretty boring. Yeah, but, like, Colonel Brandon is really sad. So both of the heroes and Sense and Sensibility are oh, just, like, the worst. I think that's why it's my favorite, least favorite. So going from bad to sad, with the group discussion we have settled on, uh, baddest George Wickham. Second baddest, John Willoughby. Uh, medium bad, John Thorpe. Just below him, Henry Crawford. And then you've got kind of medium sad, equally, Edmund Bertram and Frank Churchill. And then the saddest, drippiest, wettest <laughs> lad, <laughs> Edward Ferris. And then we tabled Tilney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys feel happy with that? Yeah. Yeah? All right. Good. We will take these official results back to the bottom. To the lab. <laughs> to the lab. Where we are growing the perfect man. Yes. <laughs>